This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one where we catch up about breakups and new relationships. <laughs> you did that in a proper podcast voice, I love. I'm Reed and I'm Florence. I was going to introduce you, but I don't know if that works. I feel like there's a huge elephant in the room right now because if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be like, there's something different about Reed and I just can't quite put my finger on it. Oh, thanks. Um, I, I bleach blonded my hairs. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I've got got my hair up in a little pony um, because it's not finished yet. Actually, just before we were running late to the podcast because I had a massive cry about my hair because I got it done the other night and I just had a freak out. Oh, of course, Florence, you didn't hear this because I was telling Christina. What Um, happened? I just I was packing um, to say over uh, like for tomorrow and all of my clothes weren't working. And I I started getting my old obsessive compulsive anxiety feelings back and I couldn't understand why. And I I was like freaking out um, because it didn't match your hair. Yeah. And and I called my sister crying and I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then we figured out that it was my hair, the big change. And I'm just not used to it. And it's not perfect as well. Like a lot of uh, of what my, I had in my imagination, what, what I envisaged was that it was going to be perfect immediately. And mm. especially people who um, are prone to obsessive compulsive tendencies, a big change is a massive trigger. I mean, a big change is a massive trigger for anyone. So I can't just like cop that. But I was like feeling really good about the hair. Like, yeah, this is fine. I mean, like, I mean, it doesn't look really any different. And then today just hit me like a fucking sack of potatoes. I feel like you look like an anime character. That- <gasps> Kawaii. Thanks. I um also I, gone full blonde Love Island. <laughs> I mate, I put on a pink top that I really love, and I was like, I can't fucking like, I can't unsee the Barbie. Like, it was. I was just like, I can't wear this. I'm I li- I'm I'm a bimbo. You're gonna you're gonna have to go full bimbo. Uh, I'm gonna have to like get in contact with Elisa Amira because she is like full proud bimbo bimbofication, oh, and really we just cool. need to exude her like. I mean, mental she, health and radiance. We've been trying to get her on the podcast for a, for a while. She's hard to hard track to pin down. down. She, she, yeah. she agreed to be on it. It was just the whole like getting a date in that is just not nightmare. Not appeared. But this is a call out if you're listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> she is like living Barbie doll. So I just need to exude her mm-hmm. her thoughts and her feminine and like the way that she just just like is amazing about it and i think yeah. it just just shocked me i instantly thought i fucking hate my hair and i don't want this hair anymore embrace the new you yeah i got to i will on monday when it's all sorted <laughs> yeah well, i think i'll perfect. feel good then it's definitely not it's still got like orange t- it needs another bleach basically but i mean i dyed my hair blonde once and the results on day one <laughs> to be fair like the results i never got it that like bleach bleach perfect no apparently it can take years to perfect the color which i'd never even thought because my little strip in my fringe was so fucking easy it was like one bit of bleach and one bit of poundland toner i'm not joking poundland toner and it was perfect and now i'm like i don't understand hair is fucking confusing so yeah i'm now an absolute blonde bimbo babe and i need to just like (laughs) fucking own it you do need to own it and yeah. it's about time that like one of us was blonde yes yeah i mean we've got the fucking personality we're like oh my god i just fucking love cock <laughs> that's all i'm good for right so may as well have that that's really really judgmental and stereotypical i was to all just gonna fart. say that <laughs> oh god i'm so sorry to anyone who's blonde out there that's not what i mean i promise our producer well, is literally blonde christina i love you i mean i know you're a cock hungry whore as well but you also are super <laughs> but I, I mean as much as you're right the stereotype is wrong I don't believe in the stereotype but I enjoy the hilarity around stereotypes which is still problematic mm-hmm. I think lots lots of us do lots of us do I was talking about yeah. um this we're going off fucking topic now like what is going <laughs> yeah, on this is not interesting anymore yeah I was gonna go in some deep shit but no well all right <laughs> I mean, we could catch everyone up on our life situations at the moment because there has been some big changes. Yeah, it's been big. it's been tough 
and difficult. And I'm very proud of you, Florence, for being able to be, to show up today and be yourself because you've been through the fucking motions. Yeah, I can't believe um, going through my third breakup in three years. <laughs> oh my God. And we're laughing, but it's also like, actually, that's that's not okay. I mean, yeah, last uh, Tuesday, <laughs> actually, it's just like, it's so just, it's so fucking perfect how these things happen as well. Like mm. I was getting ready to do like an amazing, like tantric sex session with, oh. with, um, I just want to say his name so badly because it just like would make it so much easier just to say his name. Should I just, just go back to fucking quarantine, babe? It's, yeah, that's, that might make sense. I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast will be able they, to follow they that get, one. They get it. Yeah. Um, so basically I was giving, um, well, the evening before we broke up started like with the most connected romantic like session that we, mm. not that we've ever had in our relationship because we've had lots of them, but um we were trying Tantra and like a Lingam massage and I gave him like a full body massage and like, it was like a two hour session Fuck and it started me. off with like eye gazing. So we were like sitting opposite each other for five minutes, like staring into each other's eyes. Bare intense. <laughs> Getting like so connected. Um, but I think this is, this is the thing um, about this breakup is that we haven't fallen out of love, but I always kind of knew that this was going to happen and that there was a moment in our relationship where we were going to have to let each other go to go on like our separate journeys and our separate paths. Like I think he's got a lot of stuff that he needs to deal with mm -hmm. um, and I do as well. Yeah. I, I, need, I need to figure out my codependency issues, my attachment styles um, and just go on a little self-discovery journey again as well because mm. I think like the best thing about breakups is that they give you a like they it's the best opportunity for like self-healing that you're ever gonna get it's like a fresh start and through like grief you can heal so much mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you for bringing it back to yourself and not it's so easy in a breakup to either blame them or blame yourself. And it's just not that simple. It's it's oh, on no. both of your parts. Yeah, well, it was just, it was a separation that needed to happen mm -hmm. for both of us. Um, it wasn't, neither of us did anything. We're both like best friends. We love each other. But I think that's why we got to a point where it was just like, okay, we need to let each other go now and like I did go kicking and screaming yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> we started the conversation which I brought up because it's been something that's been hanging over me for a while mm -hmm. um that I just couldn't be in a relationship where someone else wasn't like 100% in the relationship yeah for whatever reason and so the conversations just started happening again. We've had multiple, we've had a lot of these conversations throughout mm -hmm. the whole relationship. And I got, I've just got to a point where I was ready, I think, to be like, no, I need to like respect myself and step away from this for both of us. And we were talking from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. I think it was when he left. That's exhausting for <sighs> We cried, we both cried a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and we went on a walk, we chatted it out. We both like spoke about what our perfect scenario was in this situation. Like what did we both deeply want? Because obviously there was a huge part of us that just wanted to continue and stay together because it's all nice things. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing horrible apart from, I guess apart from those niggling feelings that just we both knew that there needed to be a separation at some point. Mm. It wasn't like, it was just a plaster. The relationship was just a plaster for like what else we needed to deal with in life, basically. Was there like a deciding point that sort of made you realize, what was it that made you take a step back and go like, shit, something needs to change? I think what really was the trigger for me was when I realized how codependent I was on him mm -hmm. um, and that, I actually just wasn't happy Yeah, within myself. I think I've just been suffering with depression for a while and the relationship had become a plaster, like my only source of happiness. 
And that was a lot of pressure for him as well, like a huge amount of pressure for him to find out that like he was the only thing that made me happy in life. Like, especially when someone else is going through their own mental health issues and their own problems, like having someone else's grief and like sadness on your shoulders and like having to be there for them, that's that's huge. And you can't you can't expect someone to to be that for you. Yeah, and it just falls into like weird patterns, right? You don't notice, no one knows that they're codependent. And it's Mm. only when you start to notice like little things, like when you sent me that podcast about codependency, do you remember what it was called? I think we've mentioned it in another podcast episode. It was um, therapy chat. Yeah, yeah, therapy chat. Um, And that like thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm not codependent because you imagine the extremes of what you've seen before of not being able to leave the house without each other or whatever. Mm. And codependency can be on such minute levels that you don't even know it's happening to you. Like there was one line in that podcast that made me realize it was like, oh, if if you're saying that your partner needs therapy and you're blaming them for issues, I was like, that has been me over and over again. And that's definitely Mm. a part of codependency. And I I didn't even realize, I just thought, well, obviously they need therapy, I need therapy, but no, it's actually going like, yeah, they really need therapy is, a big sign of codependency and that shocked me yeah and I think I've been saying that in the relationship I've been fucking saying that I mean to be fair we do think that everyone would benefit Mm. and needs therapy I mean it would 100% benefit the relationship but that can't you know that can't be the thing that saves the relationship as well you can't put yeah that can't be the only reason that the relationship isn't working and I just realized that things were getting quite toxic because when I was there just would be like this constant conversation coming up that was um well I kind of always knew that this relationship wasn't a forever relationship and it wasn't a relationship where we were building a future like at this point in time I guess I just always had this gut feeling that you know something needed to shift, something needed to change, a a door needed to close Mm -hmm. in the relationship that we were having now for it to progress in the future in a more positive way or like in a friendship or whatever, um, whatever sort of it would become. Yeah. What, what kind of things have you put into practice? You've been super proactive about this all. Um, and it's been like, what, just over a week since since it's happened like because you you're I mean and you're going through the waves but you're also in a very amazing place of being able to look at it from almost like an outsider's point of view looking in which a lot of people who go through breakups can't do like what have you how have you got to that place I mean probably because I'm like just so interested in relationships and mm-hmm. everything surrounding relationships is that I I'm in a different place to most people would be in a breakup because this is my work. Yeah, like learning about the psychology <laughs> behind it all and yeah, like so why like we I've feel the way we do. Basically just investigating myself, like the whole process, like yeah. really like living into it. And like, I've, I've been with a sex and relationships therapist for nearly a year. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been looking at this stuff for a long time and... I knew that when, well, after the first initial two days of like shock, despair, like the deepest pain. Yeah. I think like the, the day that we broke up was like the deepest like emotional pain I think I've ever experienced in my life. I think like, heartbreak is. There's that amazing TED Talk video called How to, how to, how to Fix a Broken Heart or something. Um, mm. And I would recommend everybody watch it, even if they're not going through heartbreak, because it blew my mind. And it was it, the way it talks about heartbreak and talks about the relationship as like an addiction. And, yeah. it, you know, every time you stalk them, every time you talk to them or message them, you're feeding that addiction that you basically just need to go cold turkey for. So in that video, he talks about a woman who has literally gone through cancer and chemo treatment and yet ended up finding her way to him with heartbreak and it being the worst pain she'd ever been through. And I honestly think that heartbreak yeah. is the worst pains we can go through as human. It is like... It's, it's fucked. Well, it's grief. It's, it it's is like grief. a loss yeah. of a person. It's like someone died. Except they're still like, fucking alive. <laughs> not as bad as someone dying. But yeah. still, like it's very close to that pain. I if think. not, I don't know. It depends on how you see death as well. Because, you know, if death is something that's... It, it, yeah, it really depends on how you see them both. Some, some people can yeah. deal with death in different ways. Ways, and I honestly do believe that heartbreak can be worse than actually losing someone. 
yeah depending on how you deal with it but it, honestly watch that ted talk because it fucking blew mm. my mind blew our minds yeah i mean that the pain i mean i knew i've known for a while that i was addicted to him in like so many ways like i just what he was my drug he was my happiness and i needed that fix like every week um so it was hard and that's like that was the codependency it's like um, you're going through withdrawal, like a you know, uh, like, like yeah. scratching and itching and like desperate I think for something. What the cr- the craziest thing is as well is that like I was the one that initiated the conversation that led to the breakup. Mm-hmm. Like I knew in the back of my head, I knew like my heart knew that our path was to separate, mm-hmm. and it was me who kept mentioning things and kept men- like bringing up bringing it up. And I knew that it would lead to that sort of conversation. I knew that was the the finality of it. But like when it actually got to the poem, the like the moments of the breakup and like actually leaving, I was suddenly like my my body goes into like panic mode, mm. like literally like a like an addict. I'm like, we can't do this. Like I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like you can't leave me. Like mm-hmm. I was literally just like in like the worst state of my life. Like, it was like you were tearing my baby like away from me and they were like going, like all this like love, just like packing up and leaving around me Mm. um, was, you know, it was, and I just, it's really weird to think like that you can go from, I know that I need to leave this relationship to being then in a situation where you're like, please don't go like we can can work through this Mm -hmm. we can you know I need you basically it's terrifying really that you're like that we as humans can react like that and switch in Mm. such a quick and it's almost like you go on autopilot and you can't control it and it will probably be down to past traumas and experiences and how our parents you know brought us up and um, our past relationships and it's literally this is why it's so important to really reflect on the inside and to look at why we do the things that we do and why we mm-hmm. react the way that we do and just like make sense of it. Cause otherwise it can come as a fucking shock yeah. to, to everyone. For sure. And like those emotions are so strange as well. And like, I think there was a really like pivotal point in the process of the healing afterwards, which was like, I woke up the next day. First of all, I was like, okay, I feel okay. And then suddenly it like all hit me again, like mm-hmm. the reality of like what happened and like just the tears and like, I messaged him just like, what have we done? <laughs> like so dramatic. So like, dramatic, the drama. What have we done? Like we've like, you know, our lives are now without each other. What have we done? Yeah. And <laughs> I got like, I was just so, um, this is what I'd like, when I have a heartbreak, I'm just like so emotional Mm -hmm. and like so theatrical about it all. I'm like going out on a walk, like in the rain, like like shedding all my tears, like walking around, like aimlessly crying. Mm. Um, On the next day with the walk, um, then his replies were, he was just like, I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. Um, And... He, he was basically the strong one in the situation and I'm so glad that he was able to be the rock in this transition for us and stayed strong. Like he was the one that was like, I need to go now on the day we broke up. And like, he was crying and like, it was so <laughs> horrible. And then like the next day he was the one that was like, like this need, this did need to happen, Florence. Like this, you know this needed to happen we both knew this needed to happen I think what this really sad narrative was going on in his head was like you deserve so much better than me Mm -hmm. um and I was like I can't stand that like no you can't that you cannot say that to me because we both deserved we both deserved each other in this relationship and he replied like being like yeah I I agree with that and then he was just like I know this is going to be really hard but I don't think we should talk for a while. Like I'm feeling super like, we, I guess we were both feeling like the emotions and he, need, he needed the space. And I'm so glad that he texted me asking for space and saying that we shouldn't talk for a while because mm. I don't think I had the courage to do that and to let go fully. I would have been like pulling on, like holding on tight to any kind of like source of the drug 
yeah, that desperately. I could have got my hands on. Well, you're not your right, and... ra- right frame of mind. You're just like, I don't care. Like, I want this quick dopamine fix now. I yeah. don't want. I don't want to stop. Yeah, and I don't think that he had the same codependency with me, so it was easier for him to like be the strong one and say those things. But I guess this was all to say that like the silence between us since the breakup has been the best thing for the healing of the breakup for both of us obviously I don't know what's going on on his side but like for me like just literally stepping away from the addiction and like seeing it for what it actually is like I've definitely I definitely just stepped away and I was like oh yeah like I knew that you know I knew that I had to leave because of this things just sort of like became a lot clearer all the reasons why we were breaking up became a lot clearer and I had a really good session with my therapist and he was like you know like some relationships take you to the gate and they can't Mm -hmm. go with you past that gate but they were like a huge part of like you figuring out what you need in relationships and your path um and it really like you know this last relationship really was that for me Mm um I got like in my relationship with my ex for four years I learned that like you know stability commitment like security Mm -hmm. I had all of those things that relationship I didn't have the deep connection and the intimacy so obviously my last relationship really showed me that I could have that deep connection with someone that I had the capability of loving to the extent that I did and like to have like the intimacy and the sex that was like beyond my wildest dreams like that's what that relationship taught me but it also like didn't have the things that I knew I wanted which was commitment and a partner to grow with like a partner to think about traveling with to have kids with um and you know he took me to the gate he sh- he really did show me all of those amazing things that I'm capable of in relationships but now I know that I am ca- capable and I can now move on to a relationship where I can find both of those things yeah. that I deserve that's amazing it, that is incredible I think a lot of that I can also resonate with with mine and Thomas's breakup and yeah honestly believing being like yeah it's fine we're friends it's cool and then blaming blaming sounds like a harsh word but putting it down to my freak out putting it down to him getting a new girlfriend and and moving Mm. on and being like oh it's just because she doesn't like me or something like that and that's not really the reality like that's a narrative I've created in my head the reality really was but you know I wanted that dopamine fix I wanted that comfort and I wanted Mm. I, I, I wanted to be desired even though that just sounds really Uh, complicated and confusing because it's like I didn't want us to be together so it it was just dealing with a lot of deeper issues and then blaming it on something else rather than looking Mm. deep inside myself and going like actually no and it's it's okay to feel like that I think that's what we shy away from and we're scared about is that we don't want to feel like jealousy is a bad thing and and it's like it really isn't it's just part of being human it we feel these things it's just being able to actually recognize them Mm-hmm. notice and talk about them and again the only way could have done that would be through therapy and through learning about relationships yeah. learning about where we are when it comes to breakups it's fascinating really and it's I have fucked. I've been listening to this podcast that has changed my life and I do want to shout it out because it has like helped me so much I can't even explain yeah like, it's it's by this guy called Mark Groves and the podcast is called the Mark Groves podcast Ooh. and there are like there are certain episodes that just have like just changed the the whole way I thought about the breakup and myself and it's really like I it's I'm learning so much about myself from the episodes um and it was the episode called relationships are hard I was just listening to that this morning and then the let it burn part one and Mm. part two which is about his breakup with his so the current partner that he's with they were together previously and then they were separate they broke up and they got back together but the the two episodes one is about the breakup and then it's about their healing in between Mm. oh my god like 
mind-blowing stuff if you are going through a breakup just listen to those episodes and you will be like oh cool okay now I can like start my own healing journey I know this was the right decision it just makes you a lot more confident in your decisions yeah which is oh god like going through you there's a lot that you lose with a breakup and you don't lose it you feel like you lose it you know it's like identity and comfort and you feel like like so alone but being able to be like, okay, I'm ready to start the healing process and actually actively go out and do these proactive things like listening to breakup podcasts and um, going and seeing a therapist and really yeah. focusing on the things that make you as a person happy before that person was ever in your life. Um, really going down to the basics. Like, even if it's like really small, like one of the things that was like, what makes you happy by yourself, not with anyone else? Mm-hmm. I was like painting my nails and she was like yes my therapist was like yes that's it that's great what else I was like I don't know like maybe repairing some socks with a sewing kit she's like yes like (laughs) you know and uh, up all the way up to taking yourself out for dinner getting a takeaway going and and seeing a film those lists are so hard to make I actually like the weirdest thing is is that I my intuition knew that this breakup was happening because the week before I was writing my happy list yeah yes um and I was really figuring out like how to be happy by myself because you know my brain my intuition she knew she knew she knew what was coming she is Um, smart brain but that that list of happy things was so hard to write i was like really struggling i was just like what makes me happy yeah nothing makes me happy (laughs) being being with him makes me happy and And then that's that's the addiction talking man (laughs) and then and then i'm like sex and i'm like no i can't put that to do with him fuck's sake stupid fuck's sake um (laughs) And then I was just like, I guess getting a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. And then, and that doesn't even um, feel right as well. You write it down, you're like, oh, that's shit. But then later yeah. on, <laughs> yeah. you look back and you're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, that does matter. I'm, pr- I'm proud of myself for writing that down. That's yeah. good. I was just like driving. <laughs> the way um, you're saying it as well is just like how your brain would say like, yeah. driving, I guess. <laughs> Literally yeah. I was uh, like, when, when my plants grow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tiniest of things like if I find 20p on the floor I, I guess uh, cooking oh there's just there is a lot of stuff flower arranging was a big one of mine but um, I was also like but I'm not going to buy myself flowers it's like stop it why don't you buy yourself flowers oh my uh, so the day after my breakup mm-hmm. when I was walking around in the rain I bought myself flowers on my yes way yes thank you that's important same with holidays like yeah you know, holidays oh I booked in a holiday oh baby you needed to it was <laughs> oh, coming baby. it was I think we all fucking needed to but you definitely oh, God, yeah holiday for a lot of people getting away is so imperative to their happiness and of travel course, is my joy in life yeah and it always has been you've been a massive mm-hmm. traveler and of course with the last year that's gone by it's been hard so even though it's a risk doing it and booking something just booking something in place to be like yeah fuck you like I'm gonna go and do this and yeah maybe mm-hmm. I don't have the fucking money but it will you will find a way you will make the money and I if it find the money yeah, it will work and if it doesn't work then it will be moved to a time that you can go away but booking that in having those dates having the flights even just mm. not not saying like oh yeah I should go on holiday that's that doesn't count you need to book something in and spend the money for it to actually compute in your brain yeah yeah but you know these things are a process mm-hmm. I'm not like you know I a week later I I'm I can say that I'm okay, yeah. Like I can't say I'm not happy. Yeah. But I'm I'm okay. I'm going through the waves. Like the emotions come up and they go. You'll get to points where you're like, why am I not feeling sad? Like I should be feeling sad. Um I, I was I was really surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised, but yesterday when we were hanging out and then you had that wave, but I'm so proud of you for actually saying, like, yeah, I've got a, like a wave of sadness because I'm out and about. And I was like, yes, thank you for recognizing it and talking about it because because it, you know, it, even just something simple like that changes the way our conversation goes. Um, yeah. And it was just like suddenly got to go in with the humor and take the piss out of something to like make the situation a little bit more lighthearted or like going yeah. for a drink. And that was really nice. But I can see that it was still so fucking hard for you. But you did it. You did it. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. I actually didn't realize that I that was like a week. So completely a week after that was the first time I had been out and like properly socialized. Yeah. 
like uh, before that I had seen like my sister came over and I saw my friend mm-hmm. um Lou yeah uh, but I didn't even realize I've been going out on walks every day I hadn't realized that I just not really left the confines of my thought of like my cocoon the safety my blanket safety yeah. Net. Yeah. how did it feel being out and about in public like I was not expecting it at all like Mm. I just thought like oh yeah you know it'll be good to be out it'll be a distraction to be out like I won't feel any of the feelings whilst I'm out but it was just weird I just kept thinking like oh like I would have usually been with him here or like I want to be hit with him here like why am I not with him (laughs) and just like I guess just like seeing other people seeing other relationships like yeah I don't really even know why that is such a trigger, like going out and being normal. Um, but it was hard. Yeah, I suppose it's because it makes your brain go like, okay, this is normal, but where's my fix at? You know, like where's yeah. the extra fucking like cherry on the icing? And then yeah. you're just like, it's not here, oh God. And of it's course, not here. yeah, triggering. But this has been like, I think this has been a big kind of wake up call for myself um, to deal with my own mental health and really like look at like what, I want in life Mm -hmm. as well because COVID has been such like a weird time for all of us and I feel like I've kind of been like treading water this whole time and not really like following my dreams anymore I've just been like cool just need to get through this just need to get through this running in quicksand and um now it's like okay I'm now gonna like actually start being super proactive to doing things that I've wanted to do. And I need a bit of a reset. I need a re- recharge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try and get out to LA next month Ooh. and be there for maybe, I like one month to three months and just like reset because LA's always been my happy place. And my uncle lives out there so I can go and stay with him. And it's just, I think sometimes after a breakup, you need to do something quite like big for yourself but it also this isn't even just because of the breakup it's because of covid and like how i've been dealing with it i think it can catapult the healing process quicker i don't think everyone has to do something like that especially if they can't and they might not be able Mm. to there are ways that you can you know make sure that you have a holiday at home or make sure you do things that do reset yourself um but i think it can be really important if you are suffering or if you're still heartbroken after months and months and months of trying to heal then you've got to do something big and make a change like it again it's about that happiness right it's basically about if your mental health isn't in a good place if you feel depressed if the anxiety is getting to you too much about in any aspect of life a change needs to be made whether or not that's like you know cutting out a person in your life changing a scenery moving house new work like new you i would I would even question whether at that point it was still a heartbreak and it wasn't just depression. Yeah, yeah, very good point, yeah. So interesting, it's fascinating. Like, we just love learning about it so much. Like, mmm, sales proof, mmm. Self-growth. Yeah, love that shit, man. Oh, yeah. As life would have it as well, for some reason, the gods are against me and Reed because we always are in completely different like happiness states or like states of relationship. Um, Basically just happiness states. I'm happy when Reed is sad. When I'm sad, Reed is happy. (laughs) We're talking like on a business level as well. It happens like week to week. Um, the only time that we were sort of on the same level was when we were in our long-term relationships and going yeah, through the same Yeah, we shit. were both unhappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And where we were both just like, oh yeah, like there isn't enough sex and this and that. And just like, we really bonded over that. And then all fucking hell broke loose when like shit changed. Exactly. And now we're just never on the same page, which is quite good for you guys because it's a bit of a yin and yang situation. To be fair, it's good for business. When one of us goes through a hard time, the other one picks Mm -hmm. it up and vice versa. This is very true. It does work dynamically like that. But all all of this was to say that... um, Reed, uh, well, actually, the last time we heard from you, Reed, you had COVID, which wasn't that happy. No, that I, I did definitely for at least like two days, went back to desperate depression. I was like, I'm back here. No, somebody help oh, me. Um, uh, but managed to get through it. I don't know what happened. It was a, a flick of the switch and managed to push myself through it. Um, mm. Had 
COVID and pelvic inflammatory disease. So it was all coming at me at all angles and just trying really hard to listen to my therapist and do the homework and not just be like, yeah, yeah, I'll fucking do that. Like actually sit down and fucking do it. Yeah. Focusing on the positives and what good it could come from. And also, I hate to say it, but an element of me feeling good was because I am seeing somebody at the moment. And it did give me that excitement and sort of that kind of drive like there's something very interesting about if a new person comes in your life it motivates you to do better for yourself so work on your health work on your fitness that's so true yeah work work on like being better at work or doing more on your social media and it's just that kind of blew me away I wasn't really expecting Mm. that and it it was like well that's a good relationship when they motivate you to be a better person yes yeah I always I always loved that I know you're gonna like completely poo-poo this but I had this (laughs) definition of um a soulmate once and it was Mm. someone that is your best friend and who inspires you to be a better person yeah that's lovely not makes you a better person Mm -hmm. inspires you like to be a better person yeah just and I think that's sort of all encompassing when you get into a relationship when someone really like makes you want to like do your shit good that's so amazing. Yeah, so just because I don't necessarily believe in like the religious form of a soulmate doesn't necessarily mean I like I, I like religious being... form of a soulmate. What are you talking about? Yeah, like it's not the religious. Sorry, yes, yeah, spiritual, religious. Same same diff to me. Sorry guys. I'm so sorry. Um no, it doesn't mean to say I don't believe in like in the science of it, the chemical em- energy of what a soul definition is. So yeah, I, mm. like it, it's a very good term. Like I think I think you can have soulmates. I mean, I don't have I a soul, so have, it's not possible. But six, 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 you can have multiple soulmates. I believe that yeah. my la- my last partner was one of my soulmates. Yeah, for sure, soulmates. I like it. Um, so that actually really helped because being motivated to do that actually got me up in the mornings, got me exercising yeah. and doing yoga and all that fucking bullshit stuff that everyone fucking tells you to do on goddamn social media you don't want to do. How many times <laughs> have I told you to exercise oh, for your mental health? Fuck off! I, yeah, <laughs> it, it does do the good good, you know, and I feel good about it and I hate that I feel good. I wish we just didn't have to, but... Um, if not for That's your body, the reason do it people for your exercise mind. is because it's actually just really good for your mental health. Yeah, I, I think of the stereotype. I think of the bodybuilder stereotype, and I always think that bodybuilders don't necessarily have good mental health because they're that obsessed about it. So it's like a very weird catch twenty two. And if- oh, actually, my 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 sister's boyfriend had this like saying the other day, which was just like, "Average body, healthy mind. Good body." unhealthy mind yeah that yeah like, that is something so to that fucking true it is so true everyone i see with a ripped body i'm like oh shit like you need to see a therapist man <laughs> there's something to that but, like it's a very like ocd uh, yeah, obsessive, obsessive compulsive, like it's low self-esteem but... worries about what people think of them and that that, that could be a horrible stereotype and of course please correct us if we're wrong because i'm sure that there are people out there with a good body that are in a good place yeah i'm yeah. sure and it's just like yeah but i'm sure it, there I, th- is. I would say generally speaking i mean most of us are in a bad <laughs> fucking place anyway and need goddamn I mean, more help so we all have so many hang-ups of our bodies yeah. i would be really surprised if there were people with a healthy mind and a healthy body yeah. because it's hard to be in that place but if you're doing like all the therapy around your um body hang-ups as well as that mm. then i'm sure you could be it depends on your definition of a healthy body you know Mm. yes that's very true yeah so that i got on that that was all right um managed to get through life and yeah just enjoying sort of like first stages of seeing somebody and being very sexually in love catching the feels yeah it's all it's like yeah not the love word yeah i mean i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't i wouldn't throw that one around just quite yet there were definitely moments in isolation where i scared myself because of course isolation um codependency only source of happiness freaking out having to take a a very clear step back of like i really need to stop relying on you to get me through this i need to get through this and that was hard Mm -hmm. and also he didn't understand either he was like what but you're not codependent i was like yeah but the worry is you know i might get that way it's just good to be aware of it yeah yeah be be like in the know and just yeah explore all options yeah and yeah so just enjoying like the 
the fun, really. The fun and the yeah. ease and the excitement and the nerves as well. Like talking a lot about nerves and, and the stresses that comes with all of this. And mm. trying to be like, you know, like something simple, like going from just fucking to actually going on a date was quite stressful for both of us. And we were just like, we talked about it and then we got stressed about it and we made it into a bigger deal than it was. And it was like, okay, no, like we need to take a step back. This is just live in the present, enjoy the moment. And like, let's just have a nice fucking time. As well as like yeah. meeting friends. Woohoo! That's, that's fucking the nerves. Whoa, shit on a bike. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's been, it's been really nice. It's, and the sex I'm getting is... Oh, it's it's probably the- how was it like the two weeks that you had to wait because of COVID and your PID? Devastating because PID you can't have sex for two weeks. Yeah, isolation. So, no, but I mean like, stuck. what was the sex like when you were actually able to finally? Was it like everything you dreamed of? It was it was very good, but I think it was intense. You know, it was. Um, coming out of isolation and putting a lot of pressure on one day or one night or one fuck. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was already aware of that being like, you know, I could be assuming that this is going to be amazing and it might not be. So also talking about that with him, even if he didn't feel it on his part, just being like, you know, this this might not go how we want to, especially with like... Um, our minds and how complex they are. It was very possible that I just might not be able to orgasm. I might not be able to... Oh, so it was a lot of firsts. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was um, first time me sleeping over in somebody's head, in somebody's bed for the first time yeah. in like eight years um, or next to somebody, which I have a problem with sleeping next to people anyway. So I was panicking That was and when anxious. you had PID still though. Yeah, so I had well, PID. You still on that. Yeah. So you couldn't... Couldn't have, couldn't have penetrative sex. But you could do other things. I could do other things. So again, first time anal sex in 10 fucking years. Oh yeah, baby. You say that, oh yeah, I was like, not okay. <laughs> it started off really nice. And then I was like, we're going to have to stop. My bum hole is stinging. I was like, this is not fun Ooh. for me anymore. <laughs> um, and then also first clitoral orgasm with somebody else other than my last partner in the last fucking like pfft, 10 years. Mad, right? Yeah. And so that also freaked me out as well. And I did a little bit of self-sabotage of like, oh my God, this is wrong. I'm freaking out. I don't know about this. Like, I'm going to hurt you. This is going to be horrible. It's all going to end in tears. And just had to just take a fucking breather and really check in with myself and and make it okay again. And of course, mm. the second time afterwards was when we actually had penetrative sex. That was fucking great. That was really great. And that build up really helped. Um, so yeah, it's 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 going good. It's very nice. It's very like nice and easy breezy. And I feel like it's mature, you know, instead of it just all being full of like, I can't talk to you about this shit. I've been I've been trained all my life to not tell you that I'm catching feelings and not tell you how excited I am and and not tell you how like you know all the nice things and just being the like people that are in relationships with us. I think it's just gonna you know, it's like a therapy session oh, yeah. relationship. Not only are you going to learn about me, you're going to learn a lot about your fucking self as well. And you might not even like it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, a lot of introspection. <laughs> it's actually really nice because Sam was saying that he hasn't really had many relationships or his at least his last relationship. They didn't talk about emotions or feelings. That was all bottled up. So this is not really many people do. Right? This is really fucking not many scary people do, for him. Yeah. So trying to take mm-hmm. a step back and be like, look, thank you for explaining that. Like that's really, that must've been difficult. And that's really amazing oh. of you to talk about it. Like I appreciate that so much, even if it's something I don't want to hear or I don't yeah. like, um, which is unlikely because I want to hear it all. Even if it's like, oh, I slept with somebody else and I don't know how I feel about you with sleep- sleeping with somebody else. That's like, okay, cool. Like let's have a, Listen, let's talk about yeah. this. Let's break this down. Like, why is, why do you feel like that? Like what experiences have you had in the past that have made this not okay? Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it feels like, it feels really good. It feels feels like really fun and so much learning so much new exciting learning communication is just like obviously the if you want a successful relationship Mm -hmm. or a successful life (laughs) yeah yeah you have to communicate and like community like learning how to communicate and becoming comfortable with communicating in a relationship is key as well it takes a while to get comfortable with it but you do just have to push past your boundaries and your hang-ups yeah the nervousness the freak out jumps into it and just say whatever the fuck you want because at the end of the day 
Like, it's going to be better if you say it. Yeah, there are no wrong answers. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're speaking your whole truth, even if they react badly, that's not on you, that's on them. And it might be something that they're not used to or that, again, they didn't want to hear or something that maybe has triggered them and they haven't realised. But understanding why they feel that way or why you Mm -hmm. feel that way and be like, right, let's break it down, let's figure it out. We say communication a lot, but also realise that there's communication doesn't really mean anything unless you're not super in tune with your own feelings. And And also honest. Yeah, and honesty. And honesty is like the scariest fucking thing. There's no way you want to tell someone you're just seeing like, yeah, so I'm catching feelings and I'm really fucking scared. You know, like that mm-hmm. that's really alien. But being able to do that just already breaks down so many barriers and boundaries and horrible things that might happen in the future because of not talking about it. We're like yeah. so on the same page because we're able to do that. Yeah. And of course, there's still going to be fears and who knows what the future has to hold but you know what i'm just gonna enjoy the present now and just keep doing the good things of communicating opening up having sex and like (laughs) one of the reasons why i feel like my breakup went really well is because we communicated the shit out of how we were feeling like i know to a t like why the breakup happened we both were so open and so honest. And I think that's as well really hard when you're going through a breakup. You don't really want to say how you actually feel. Yeah, you want to hide. Because you're scared of hurting the other person. Mm. But at the end of the day, you're going to hurt them even more if they don't understand. Yeah, and it is the understanding. It's like putting yourself in that vulnerable position. And sometimes you might say something and you might not even mean it or believe it, but it's something that Mm -hmm. needed to be said for you to realise that yeah yeah so fascinating yes because you can you can definitely say things and be like oh hold up yeah i don't actually don't feel that at all yeah that was like a weird like protective like um instinct because a lot of people have these things and barriers that pop up with relationships where they will just say something that they're like oh i'm really scared of this this happening so i'm just gonna say this so that it doesn't go any further but it's like saying that and then realizing that you feel weird about it and being like oh actually i don't really relate to what i just said or i don't really believe that yeah it's okay to go back on it just as long as you fucking talk about it maybe we should we should quit this podcast for us and do a therapy con podcast imagine (laughs) we just don't talk about sex at all it's just (laughs) yeah well funny funny you should say that because i've been seriously thinking of becoming um a relationships (gasps) counselor oh my god please florence that's amazing i think it's the next stage of my journey like not necessarily for like now but i'm gonna start building it from now that's gonna be incredible i'm so proud yes yes florence and i'll be able to bring all the juicy details to fucks give it yeah man would you give me free sessions yeah please (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking actually that I should start doing free sessions for my friends. Oh, that's cute. To like, to like practice. But I must say, um, know your worth. And I do believe that mates rates is more valuable. Yeah, but for now, like I don't well, have any practicing. qualifications. Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, without the qualifications, you never know. Might so I'll be learning from you and your, I'll be learning from you and your situations. It's basically research. Yeah, okay, I like that, research. I mean, that's basically your life is research. That's what come curious is. Oh my God, is. this is <laughs> research. I'm like inspecting their shit out of my breakup. I'm like journaling, like writing everything. I can't wait to get back into therapy Ooh, to learn more yeah. about myself. I love how therapy, you can actually just be genuinely excited excited for therapy and I'm so sad for all the people out there that are that fear therapy or think that they don't deserve therapy or that they don't need it and like we've both been in that position before where we're we're just like fuck off therapy I put therapy off for years years and years until you're actually doing it and yeah the first time maybe the first couple of times might be shit and you might still hate it but it is so Mm. beneficial you literally cannot go wrong with therapy if you find the right therapist, yeah. then it's life life-changing. changing. It's honestly, everyone should just fucking do it, man. Just do it. Just <laughs> like go back to school for your brain, but with a therapist. Mm. So I guess I'm at the end of something, but the beginning of my journey by myself and yeah. my healing. And you're at the magical start of a relationship, which you know what? Like, I'm excited to find that again eventually. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited for 
for everything new for just exploring this i'm also excited for getting to where you are and rediscovering all this again because we're going to do it in very different ways and it's going to do different impacts to us and who knows this literally i could be where you are in like the next two weeks or like in the next 20 years who fucking knows you never know. I wasn't really expecting this breakup to happen anytime soon. Yeah. No, but I knew, I, knew it, I knew it was going to happen, but I just didn't know it was going to happen now. And you lucky curious fuckers get to follow us on, on this delightful voyage. <laughs> voyage of our lives. Voyage. Please let us know, actually, if like this is interesting to you or if you're just like, shut the fuck up. Like, go back to sex chat, please. Like, I, I want to be able to laugh on the way to work. Like, I don't want this deep shit, man. <laughs> I was actually thinking this the other day. I was like, oh, I'm actually scared that the curious fuckers are going to be like, where are the like crazy anal stories? Right? Like, what? I want to hear the deep, dark dirty details oh we'll get but maybe like yeah fucking maybe next episode the catch-up will be like an in-depth discovery into your and sam's sex life yeah very maybe i mean i'm excited to talk about it i'll just let's just get the permission first (laughs) i mean that's a lie i do have the permission but you know i just want another another quick check-in just to make sure it's okay to be as graphic as i possibly can (laughs) very well especially as you're like tagging the shit out of him and like saying his name yeah that's true yeah he's cool with that though he's cool it's nice it's very nice yeah it's really lovely it's really really lovely so curious fuckers we hope you've enjoyed our little life update it's um yeah it's it as much as doing these episodes like it's very therapeutic for both of us doing these episodes and i always feel mm-hmm. closer to closer to you Florence whenever we do these like deep in-depth chats because we we almost save them for the podcast um we talk a little bit outside of it but I think it's really it's it is like having a therapy session with each of us Mm-hmm. We just want to thank you, curious fuckers, for actually just still sticking with us and listening to us and waiting for. I our... just hope it helps yeah. on your like yeah. journeys as well, because I'm sure that everyone listening to this podcast can relate in some kind of way to like the experiences that we're going through. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure there was like yeah, everything. Okay. Okay, curious fuckers. Okay. Well, please follow this podcast and give it a rating and a review. Mm, subscribe, share it if you can. If there's anyone out there that you know might want to watch this, uh, watch this. Oh, actually, yeah, watch this because this is also on YouTube. If you want to check <laughs> yeah, out yeah. my blonde ass motherfucking hair and see our pretty uh-huh. faces, then go check. Everyone will watch there. this now. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I need to see the numbers out. like spike immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah follow us on instagram of course for all of our stories and quick updates as well as asking you guys questions that we can answer on the podcast Mm. i'm also putting up like some breakup healing tips on my tiktok which is at florence bark and on my instagram as well so if you want to hear more about my breakup journey and healing then check me out there i just realized and also follow read oh, at read amber x and come curious that come curious so see you next thursday curious mm, enjoy crowd network a place where you belong In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.